Ending privacy rears its ugly head again. Oh boy. Target is frightened. And banning Skittles. Yeah, you may not be able to taste the flavor anymore. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hey, yeah, oh boy, got a big one coming up, a whole bunch of head shakers. It is Wednesday, middle of the week. We're halfway through, and we got a lot of stuff going on tonight. Uh, protect your online activity with the best and easiest VPN. That would be NordVPN. Use our special link, which is down in the show notes, and you will get an incredible deal. Three free months and 59% off. That's a deal with NordVPN only from the Jay Sheldon Show links in our show notes. Two notes before we get started. First of all, I did cut myself shaving. For those of you who like to nitpick about these things, that's what that is. I, I literally, I'm shaving. I shave every day and I go, mm, and I was like, ah, that's going to leave a mark. So it's healing. But yeah. <laughs> oh man. And no, this is not a Nike shirt. This is my anti-Nike shirt here. Take a look. It's not just do it. It's just just do nothing. All right. There you go. All right. Let's just do Miko. Our Miko update. Yay. Miko is our little three-year-old baby Shiba Inu. Not so much a baby anymore, actually. She's, uh, what, uh, three years old, seven times three, 21 plus a couple. She's maybe 23 or so. Acts like it. This was her at a uh, recent outing we had. A fantastic uh, time over there. She absolutely loves her picture being taken. And she also, for some reason, loves this light-up collar we got her. So when we go for walks at night, she's protected. You know, so people can see her, cars can notice her, hopefully. But uh, no, she loves putting it on. As soon as we light the thing up and, and she ducks her head down, give me, give me, give me. So, yeah, she's, uh, she's doing great. She ate two huge meals today. Strangely enough. I mean, often it's hard to get her to force feed her one. Not today. She went right after it. And uh, yeah, she was. Uh, so I think. And then just before the show, I was downstairs and uh, she was eating kibbles. I don't know what's making her so hungry today, but not going to stop her. Our Miko update brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our link. M-I-K-O. If you use that link, you will get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. You can sign up for one month, six months, 12 months, and uh, you will every month get a themed box of goodies delivered right to your door. It includes two toys, two bags of all-natural treats, and an all-natural dog chew. Good for your dog, and you will be so happy. In fact, I guarantee it because they have a 100% happiness guarantee. You're ever not happy with something from BarkBox, you get a hold of customer service, they will make it right. Use our link. It's in the show notes. It's easy to remember. BarkBox.com slash Miko. And that will get you your free month when you sign up for BarkBox.com. All right. Yes. We're going to take away your privacy, or at least we're going to keep an eye 
on everything that you do. This is from Reclaim the Net. Oh, my. Leaked documents show the EU countries that want to ban private messaging. Now, by that, they don't mean that on your handphone, your WhatsApp is going to be banned. They mean it's not going to be encrypted, which means, of course, that everybody and anybody can see whatever you send or share. A leaked European Council survey of the views on encryption of member countries showed that Spain strongly supports banning end-to-end encryption because they want to stick their little nose in everything you do as a citizen. This measure has been proposed to combat the spread of child sexual abuse material. Mm, Yeah, okay, whatever. It would basically end privacy for everybody. Proposal uh, proposed law would require tech platforms to scan encrypted communications, something right now you can't do because it literally is encrypted even from the owners of the platform. They couldn't see what your messages are if they wanted to. It is an end-to-end encrypted. Uh, Tech experts have warned they can't do that unless they break the encryption. According to the document obtained by Wired, uh, Spain's position is the most radical of all. Uh, Yeah, I'll continue reading. Thank you. This is an actual copy. Council of the European Union. Ideally, in our view, listen to this. This is from this. It would be desirable to legislatively prevent EU-based service providers from implementing end-to-end encryption. This is the representatives from Spain. Now, if you don't know, end-to-end encryption ensures that you as the user and the person you're sending, in other words, from your end, the sender, and the receiver's end, end to end, uh, it would allow the court to lift the encryption and for parents to be allowed to decrypt the communications of their children. Utmost importance, they say, Croatia, to provide clear wording in the CSA regulation that end-to-end encryption is not a reason not to report CSA material. Romania, we don't want end-to-end encryption to become a safe haven for malicious act. See, all under the guise, all under the guise of this. Look, folks, child sexual abuse is number one in my book. There can be no excuse. But this, they're using as an excuse, I promise you. Ireland and Denmark. Now, Ireland's had their own share of idiotic legislation lately. They want messages scanned scanned, without banning the end-to-end encryption. Again, not possible unless they break the encryption. The Netherlands said it was possible on a device before it's sent as encrypted to a recipient. So as you're typing something, before you send it, they will be scanning it. Sound a little like, like some other platform we know, like um, TikTok. I warned you about TikTok. I've been warning you about it for months now and telling you to get rid of it off your phone and get it off your kids' phones. They can see what you type even if you don't send it. 
I am not kidding. Read the terms of service. There are, they say, technologies which may allow for automatic detection of child sexual assault material or abuse material, while at the same time leaving end-to-end encryption intact. That is not possible unless you can see what someone's typing before they send it. Once you hit that send button, it's encrypted. Italy, Germany, Finland, Estonia do not support end-to-end encryption and would not support a law that allows technologies that would circumvent, modify, or disrupt encryption. Now that, what? That doesn't make sense. Okay, Finland told the EU, find solutions to fight CSAM without undermining encryption. Good on you, Finland. Estonia warned that forcing companies to scan encrypted messages would result in the company companies exiting the European market. Also, good on you. Great article. Read it. Check it out. It's uh, from Reclaim the Net. And it, like I said, it's some scary, scary crap. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Hey, Target. Hey, Bud Light. Hey, all you other woke companies. It ain't working, folks. I get a story on that coming up. Yes, more stories about idiot woke companies who just will not learn. Right now, we're going to welcome a brand new sponsor to the Jay Sheldon Show. And I am so happy to have these guys on board and... There's the man, Dan Bongino. No, this show is not sponsored by Dan Bongino. It's sponsored in part by the good folks at Blackout Coffee. Oh, man, you got to try this coffee. Dan has his own line of coffee from Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee founded on the principles of conservative values. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and traditional American values. The best small batch, fresh roasted coffee, and it is all done in-house, an American company, and man, do they support just, you watch, you take a look at their website. Look on the top here, support the troops, gear, talk about who they are. Uh, This is an amazing company that, you know, the bottom line is their coffee is kick-ass good excuse me they source premium specialty grade green coffee which are is graded at 80 points or above on a 100 point scale specialty coffees grown at the perfect altitude correct time of year best soil then harvested at just the right time they work with local co-ops farmers that grow this high quality coffee and they adopt a strict adherence to small batch roasting their coffee Roasted, packed, shipped, lightning speed, usually within 24 to 48 hours, right to your door, means you get the beans just days after they've been roasted. The combination of their premium coffee beans, highly controlled roasting process, and immediate shipping gives our customers an elite coffee experience. Right now, use our link in our show notes. It's right at the top. And uh, you will get an incredible deal on this amazing coffee from a company 
right here in the U.S. of A. that supports the U.S. of A. and our values. And I know you love promo code, so I got you one. When you check out, if you use promo code JAYS20, J-A-Y-S, my name, 20, you will get an additional 20% off. Oh, cannot be beat. Please check the link in our show notes. Give them a look. Buy something. Help to support this company, this show, Blackout Coffee. I am so pleased to bring them on board. Wow. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. All right. Speaking of our values and what people do or <clears throat> do not do in the privacy of their bedroom, that's your business. I don't care. You do you. But stop screwing with our kids. That's all we ask. We fought too long and too hard to get equal rights or the, the same rights as everyone else. And now a small little click of headline-grabbing moron perverts who want nothing more than to groom our kids are ruining it for everybody. All right, I got to pause this junk because it's in my headphones. But take a look at this. We've been covering this for a while now, of course. Target had their pride collection which they say was not targeted at kids, but just the fact they were selling things in 4XS sizes. Come on. There isn't an adult on the planet who is 4XS. Target is now held an emergency meeting over the LGBTQ, LGBTQ merchandise in some stores to avoid a Bud Light situation. <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, man, this is from Fox News. Links in our show notes. Some Southern Target stores forced by the corporation to move the LGBTQ pride merchandise away from the front of their locations after customer outrage. Look, like I said, I don't care. I fully support pride, pride parades, everything else completely, 100,000%. I fully am opposed anything you want to shove in the face of our kids. Many Target locations across the country featured massive June Pride Month locations uh, on display at locations. Items ranging from tuck-friendly bathing suits for transgender people in kids' sizes to mugs that say gender fluid. Um, and apparently they have taken out also because some of the designs were designed by a well-known Satanist, included pentagrams, other satanic imagery. They've taken all that out of every store. I just read that recently in the last couple of hours. But um, consumers are pretty fed up, and in a desperate attempt, I, I frankly, I think it's too late. It's already gone. It's out there. But they have decided to take out or at least move from the front of the store a whole bunch of this LGBTQ, R, P, N, O, L, Z, A, Y, Q, plus crap. We were given 36 hours, told to take all of our pride stuff, the entire section, and move it into a section that's a third the size, from the front of the store to the back of the store. You can't have anything on mannequins and no large sinus, a signage, a Target insider said. 
Okay. So there you go. Yeah, see tuck-friendly extra crotch coverage and in sizes down to 4XS. So don't give me any crap. It's not made for kids. That is precisely what it's made for. And keep your freaking hands off of our kids. You want some free beer? This is a related story. Not kidding. Bud Light, they're so desperate. And it's so funny. And I'm so pleased. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, this is from the New York Post. Bud Light, you know what they just went through? They are virtually giving away beer. Memorial Day weekend. After that idiot disaster with that guy pretending to be a woman or a girl. (laughs) Bud Light is offering generous rebates. For Memorial Day, I don't think anybody's going to buy it, but nevertheless, this is what they're going to try. Free beer! As Anheuser-Busch continues to scramble, trying to recover from the controversy. Now, right now, through May 31st, Memorial Day, Bud Light's advertising a summer rebate to make your Memorial Day weekend easier to enjoy. Now get this, here's how it works. You buy a 15-pack or larger, Bud Light, Budweiser Select, or Budweiser Select 55 will receive a $15 rebate. For reference, a 15-pack of Bud Light goes for $12.99. That's on Target's website. (laughs) Target. The same price of a pack, a 15-pack of Budweiser. So basically, they're paying you two bucks to drink Bud Light in an attempt to, what, win you back? I still wouldn't drink this rat crap for nothing. But uh, you'll be paid via a digital prepaid card, according to the Bud Light site, and you've got to provide proof of purchase. Up to two rebate submissions can be made through the end of the month, one between May 17th and 23rd, Another word, another one from May 24th to the 31st, according to the terms and conditions. So there you go. Uh, rebates have already been offered on Bud Light from individual vendors. Sales of America's once most popular beer, beer were down 24.6% for the week ending May 13th, just a week ago. That is huge. As the Don would say, huge, 24.6%. See, that's Miko in the background yapping. Even she doesn't like it. So there you go. Budweiser, free beer. Like I said, I still don't think it's going to make any difference. I think most people have sworn off that crap. Although for free, maybe, maybe. <clears throat> oh, hey, by the way, somebody made a link last night on our show. We talked about the missing ammonium nitrate. We talked about the Senate being offered and in 50 senators taking them up on the offer of being given satellite phones. And then we talked about the idea about this ridiculous psyop of this U-Haul running into the driveway of the White House. It was empty, except for some Nazi flag and some white supremacy paraphernalia. And then it turns out the uh, driver 
was what was it was he Mexican? I, I don't know. Anyway, he, he he wasn't a Caucasian guy, not exactly your typical white supremacist. But somebody again, a real tinfoil hatter, kind of like me, made a connection I didn't think about. A U-Haul truck is an awfully good way to transport a whole lot of ammonium nitrate. You know, as in like the Oklahoma City bombing. You know what? I'm just going to lay that there. It's a conspiracy theory. I fully admit that. I'm just saying things that make you go, hmm, interesting. Yeah. And of course, the the country is... uh, full of white supremacists. And I I saw this. It's absolutely brilliant. You know a country is diverse and accepting when their white supremacy movement includes members of all races and genders. Congratulations, America. We did it. The white supremacy movement is now more diverse than the NAACP. America has officially beaten racism. Larry Elder, 100% black. Apparently, he is a white supremacist. We had a a Latino neo-Nazi in Texas last month. Yesterday, we had an Arabian white supremacist who drove into the White House. So there you go. Apparently, we have officially beaten racism. Good news, huh? Well, it may be the end of the rainbow. Speaking of Target and rainbow flags and pride and all that stuff. But not in the way you think. It's the end of a rainbow if you can taste the rainbow, and that would be Skittles. Hello, California. California Bill targets Skittles. I love Skittles. They're, I mean, they're kind of gross, but they're something to chew on. And by the way, other snacks too, not just Skittles, with toxic chemicals. Look at that. Can you just taste those? (laughs) Candy and snacks at your local market could be made with different ingredients if a bill proposed by the California Assembly is voted into law. It's just been proposed, but here we go. Last month, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel, uh, Democrat from Woodland Hills, introduced AB 418. This would ban the sale, manufacture, and distribution of foods containing chemicals that have been linked to health concerns, including decreased immune response, hyperactivity in children, and increased risk of cancer. The bill would make California the first state to ban the sale and manufacture of foods containing these specific chemicals, according to a release from the representative's office. The chemicals are currently banned in the European Union, found in a lot of staple snack foods, Skittles, Ding Dongs, host of other ubiquitous food items. He doesn't mean to deprive Californians uh, uh, Californians of Skittles or other treats. He says, I love Skittles. I love wild berry Skittles. I eat them all the time. I would vote against a bill to ban Skittles. What we're trying to do is to get them to change the recipe. All of these are non-essential ingredients. 
Skittles, other products still line the shelves of stores in Europe, but they have different ingredients. You know, I'm not hating this as much as I did when I first saw the headline. I may have to dig into this a little bit more, but it's actually starting to make sense. If what he says is true, they can still make Skittles, but they don't have to make them with these ingredients that are in some cases banned and or toxic. Might not be a bad idea. I think the overwhelming likelihood, Gabriel said, of what's going to happen would be they will make minor modifications to their recipes. So there you go. Might be the end of the rainbow, might not. Likely not. Skittles is far too popular a brand and a product for them to give up making them. Ding-dongs, too, by the way. You know, I haven't had a ding-dong in 30 years. <laughs> oh, man. Ding-dongs. Can you imagine? Wow. Hey, I got... Hold on. I, you know, talking about 30 years ago, I got to share something with you. This is the funniest thing ever. Um, I posted this on my Facebook page. I will share it with you because it's just kind of that funny. This is a newspaper article. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Have a laugh. Yes, that's me. Uh, the headline that the newspaper wrote, this is 30 years ago. Captain Jay Sheldon, WSNG disc jockey, dons earphones for his morning show since 1980. He's amused listeners with fake helicopter traffic reports and weather advisories warning small people to put rocks in their pockets. That was on, on high wind days. That, believe it or not, permed hair, porn mustache, aviator glasses, and a shirt with upalettes and a hairy chest is this guy. Wow. 80, 90, 2020, 40 years ago. 40 years ago? No, it's not. It's 30, probably. But yeah, that's it. That was me. Okay, I just had a little moment of personal preference here. Uh, personal privilege, I guess. <laughs> I got so many reactions to that. And, and friends I hadn't heard from in years. We used to work together at the station also. I did a morning show there for... Uh, for a very long time. And uh, we had, oh man, what memories. <laughs> Back in the good old days of radio. Hey, the good old days that are here are climate change. By the way, did you see? Three different huge volcanoes are currently going active around the world. And basically all you folks in your net zero bullshit and all of your uh, climate change, you know, we have to cut this down, use electric vehicles, okay. In the last 24 hours, one of these three active volcanoes that have erupted has spewed out enough emissions into the atmosphere that basically anything you could do to try and cut down on your CO2 emissions has been completely negated, not for two years, not for 10 years, basically forever, okay? So shut up, sit down, nobody's buying your climate scam anymore. And whatever it is you think you're doing, basically in the last 24 hours, everything and anything you could possibly do has been wiped out. So go away.
And to that end, take a look at this. This from Yahoo News. I don't use Yahoo News, but it popped up in my timeline. I thought, hmm, scientists, climate scientists, you know, the scam artists, are fleeing Twitter as hostility surges. All these fake scam climate scientist morons are dumping their Twitter accounts because of hostility. No, morons, because we've called you out for the fakers that you are. Scientists suffering insults and mass spam are abandoning Twitter for alternative social networks as hostile climate change denialism surges. Now, it's called the truth. <laughs> anyway, good. Get out. You know what? You have a right to speak and whatever you want to believe in your fake little world you live in, whatever that religion you want to follow of climate change, you knock yourself out. You do you. But we don't have to accept it. We don't have to believe it. And we don't. And we're going to tell you that. And if you can't defend yourself, see ya. Bye-bye now. That's exactly what's happening. They're all saying, okay, fine. We're going to go over to some other platform where People will believe us. People will buy our bullcrap. <laughs> uh, did you remember last night we did the story from Mike Rowe and my writer friend David Owens from The New Yorker? Mm. I got a related story, our last story before we move on to 1984. Uh, before we do that, by the way, let me plug my merchandise here. JSheldon.com mug. Great coffee mug, too. Oh, it's stained inside. I got to wash that. <laughs> anyway, you can get this. You can get T-shirts, tank tops, sweaties, hoodies. Sweaties. What's a sweaty? Uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, T-shirts, you name it. They're all available there. Some cool items and merchandise. Check it out. Top link in our show notes for the Jay Sheldon Show. Buy something, would you? And... The J. Sheldon AI Art Gallery. These are prints, actual physical prints, beautiful prints on canvas, different sizes. You can buy them, hang them on your wall. They're limited edition. Ten of each print only will sell, and then I will delete it forever. They've all been signed by me, and they were created by AI using the J. You know, you put in the input, and then it, may, it makes art based on what you tell it to do. I just put into the line, The J. Sheldon Show, and these are what it made. I don't know what the hell it has to do with this show, but they're really cool pieces of art. Check them out. Second link in the show notes. Buy something, would you? They're really nice. All right. This is a local story from here in Malaysia, but the, the article I read last night, a part of it and referred to that David Owens wrote from The New Yorker, talked about how we need less, uh, you know, lesbian basket weaving theology uh, degrees and more plumbers and electricians. Basically, the guys who get the dirt and gals who get the dirt under their fingernails. Well, this story popped up. It's meant to scare people, but it doesn't. It's brilliant. Half of the SPM students from the 2001 session have chosen not to further their studies. Wow. Now, look, if you're going to sit home in mom's basement and eat ding-dongs and ho-hos all day long and, and play video games, that's not a good idea. If you're going to go out and learn a trade and instead of going to college, good on you. Absolutely freaking good on you. 
I will tell you something, though, because I know I have a huge American audience. Other countries, too, the UK, here, of course, in Malaysia, Australia, big audience in India. But here in Asia, parents pressure their kids to no end. It is almost child abuse, the kind of pressure kids are under to go to school, go to college, get a degree, learn to be a doctor, a lawyer, or something mom and dad think is important. Forget what the kid wants. That doesn't matter. Now, again, it is the culture. I respect that. If you want to put up with that and not make any changes, and you want to go along with that, knock yourselves out. That's your culture. I strongly disagree, but it's your culture, and far be it from me to tell you what to do. You do you. That's our number one rule on this show. But the truth is, if your kid, boy or girl, learns a trade, I'll tell you what, I'll give you an example. I get my aircon serviced. The guy comes in, he's all by himself, he's got all the equipment he needs, cleans, recharges my aircon, he's done in less than an hour, and I pay him 150 bucks. That guy's making 150 bucks an hour or more. I can't think of a whole lot of jobs that pay that well. And I'll just bet he doesn't have a degree, but you know what? He doesn't need one. He's likely making more than somebody with a degree. So this headline is, in my opinion, some really good news, I hope. Half the SPM students from last year's session chose not to further their studies. Do not shame them for that. Encourage them to learn a trade. Get out into the world. Become an apprentice. Do something valuable with your time and a real job. Carpenter, plumber, electrician, air conditioner, air conditioned person. What is it called? AVAC or something? HVAC? These guys and gals are making money, folks, hand over fist in a lot of cases. If the reason you want your kid to get a, a big master's degree or a doctorate is because you expect them they're going to make a lot of money, they'll make more if they learn a trade. I promise you that. I promise you that. Give them a break, huh? Let them do what they want to do. You'd be surprised how somebody's passion can make money for them. And for you too, I suppose. <coughs> All right, excuse me. Let's move on over to our book. We read books on this show. We've been doing that from the very beginning, way back 370-something shows ago. Mostly children's classic literature, Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Right now, though, we are reading 1984 because basically, folks, we're living in it. <laughs> All the shows and, and, I mean, all these stories that we do on this show every day, Monday through Friday, just more proof that basically we are living in Winston's world of 1984. Here we go. We'll continue on down. It had got to be written down. Had to be confessed. What he'd suddenly seen in the lamplight was that the woman was old. Paint was plastered so thick on her face. It looked as though it might crack like a cardboard mask. 
There were streaks of white in her hair, but the truly dreadful detail was that her mouth had fallen open a little, revealing nothing except a cavernous blackness. She had no teeth at all. He wrote hurriedly, scrabbling handwriting. When I saw her in the light, she was just quite an old woman, 50 years old at least, but I went ahead and did it just the same. He pressed his fingers against his eyelids again. He'd written it down at last, but it made no difference. The therapy hadn't worked. The urge to shout filthy words at the top of his voice was as strong as ever. Chapter 7 If there is hope, wrote Winston, it lies in the proles. If there was hope, it must lie in the proles, because only there, in those swarming, disregarded masses, 85% of the population of Oceana could the force to destroy the party ever be generated. The party could not be overthrown from within. Its enemies, if it had any enemies, had no way of coming together or even identifying one another. Even if the legendary Brotherhood existed, as just possibly it might. It was inconceivable that its members could ever assemble in larger numbers than twos and threes. Rebellion meant a look in the eyes, an inflection of the voice, at the most, an occasional whispered word. But the proles, if only they could somehow become conscious of their own strength, would have no need to conspire. They needed only to rise up, shake themselves like a horse shaking off flies. If they chose, they could blow the party to pieces tomorrow morning. Surely, sooner or later, it must occur to them to do it. And yet, he remembered how once he'd been walking down a crowded street when a tremendous shout of hundreds of voices, women's voices, had burst from a side street a little way ahead. It was a great, formidable cry of anger and despair, a deep, loud, oh, that went humming on like the reverberation of a bell. His heart had leapt. It started, he thought. A riot. The proles are breaking loose at last. And when he reached the spot, it was to see a mob of two or three hundred women crowding around the stalls of a street market, with faces as tragic as though they'd been the doomed passengers on a sinking ship. But at this moment, the general despair broke down into a multitude of individual quarrels. It appeared that one of the stalls had been selling tin saucepans. They were wretched, flimsy things, but cooking pots of any kind were always difficult to get. And now the supply had unexpectedly given out. The successful woman, bumped, jostled by the rest, were trying to make off with their saucepans, while dozens of others clamored around the stall, accusing the stall keeper of favoritism and having more saucepans somewhere in reserve. There was a fresh outburst of yells. Two bloated women, one of them with their hair coming down, had got hold of the same saucepan and were trying to tear it out of one another's hands. 
For a moment, they were both tugging, and then the handle came off. Winston watched them disgustingly, and yet, just for a moment, what almost frightening power had sounded in that cry from only a few hundred throats. Why was it they could never shout like that about anything that mattered? He wrote, Until they become conscious, they will never rebel. And until after they have rebelled, they cannot become conscious. That, he reflected, might almost have been a transcription from one of the party textbooks. The party claimed, of course, to have liberated the proles from bondage. Before the revolution, they'd been hideously oppressed by the capitalist. Starved, flogged, women had been forced to work in the coal mines. Women still did work in the coal mines, as a matter of fact. Children had been sold into the factories at the age of six, but simultaneously true to the principles of doublespeak. The party taught that the proles were naturally inferior, who must be kept in subjection, like animals, by the application of a few simple rules. In reality, very little was known about the proles, not necessary to know much, so long as they continued to work and breed, their other activities were without importance. Left to themselves like cattle turned loose on the plains of Argentina, they'd reverted to a style of life that appeared to uh, be natural to them, a sort of ancestral pattern. They were born, they grew up in the gutters, they went to work at twelve, passed through a brief blossoming period of beauty and sexual desire. They married at twenty, were middle-aged at thirty, and they died, for the most part, at sixty. Heavy physical work, care of home and children, petty quarrels with neighbors, films, football, beer, and above all gambling filled up the horizon of their minds. To keep them in control wasn't difficult. A few agents of the thought police moved always among them, spreading false rumors and marking down, eliminating the few individuals who were judged capable of becoming dangerous, but no attempt was made to indoctrinate them with the ideology of the party. It wasn't desirable the proles should have strong political feelings. All that was required of them was a primitive patriotism, which could be appealed to whenever necessary to make them accept longer working hours or shorter rations. And even when they became discontented, as they sometimes did, their discontent led nowhere. Because without being general ideas, they could only focus on petty, specific grievances. The larger evils invariably escaped their notice. The great majority of proles didn't even have telescreens in their homes. Even the civil police interfered with them very little. There was a vast amount of criminality in London, a whole world within a world of thieves, bandits, prostitutes, drug peddlers, racketeers of every description. But since it all happened among the proles themselves, 
it was of no importance. In all questions of morals, they were allowed to follow their ancestral code. The sexual puritanism of the party was not imposed upon them. Promiscuity went unpunished. Divorce was permitted. For that matter, even religious worship would have been permitted if the proles had shown any sign of needing it or wanting it. They were beneath suspicion. As the party slogan put it, proles and animals are free. Winston reached down, cautiously scratched his varicose ulcer. It began itching again. The thing you invariably come back to was the impossibility of knowing what life before the revolution had really been like. He took out of a drawer a copy of the children's history textbook, which he'd borrowed from Mrs. Parsons, began copying a passage into his diary. In the old days, it ran, before the glorious revolution, London was not the beautiful city we know today. It was a dark, dirty, miserable place where hardly anybody had enough to eat and where hundreds and thousands of poor people had no boots on their feet and not even a roof to sleep under. Children no older than you had to work twelve hours a day for cruel masters who flogged them with whips if they worked too slowly and fed them on nothing but stale bread crusts and water. But in among all this terrible poverty, there were just a few great big beautiful houses that were lived in by rich men who had as many as thirty servants to look after them. These rich men were called capitalists. They were fat, ugly men with wicked faces, like the one in the picture on the opposite page. You can see that he's dressed in a long black coat, which was called a frock coat, and a queer shiny hat shaped like a stovepipe, which was called a top hat. This was the uniform of the capitalists, and no one else was allowed to wear it. The capitalist owned everything in the world, and everyone else was their slave. They owned all the land, all the houses, all the factories, and all the money. If anyone disobeyed them, they could throw them into prison, or they could take the job away and starve them to death. When any ordinary person spoke to a capitalist, he had to crown, cringe and bow to him, take off his cap, and address him as Sir. The chief of all the capitalists was called the King, and... But he knew the rest of the catalog. It'd be mentioned the bishops in their lawn sleeves and judges in their ermine robes, the pillory, the stocks, the treadmill, the cat-o'-nine tails, the Lord Mayor's banquet, and the practice of kissing on the Pope's toe. There was also something called the Jus Primae Noctis, which would probably not be mentioned in a textbook for children. It was the law by which every capitalist had the right to sleep with any woman working in one of his factories. How could you tell how much of it was lies? It might be true the average human was better off now than he'd been before the revolution. 
The only evidence to the contrary was the mute protest in your own bones. That instinctive feeling that the conditions you lived in were intolerable and that at some other time it must have been different. And we'll leave it there for tonight and continue on with this chapter in our next stream tomorrow night at the end of the show. Check it out. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, just quickly, right over here is a follow button on Rumble. Just give that a click. Easy to do. Costs you nothing. Helps the show out a lot. Really appreciate it. And uh, that's going to do it for tonight. I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Good night.